630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hey, good evening, everybody. Better late than never with the Coaches Show. Hockey on Monday, hockey on Tuesday. So Jason Moss joins us now on a Wednesday night for the Eskimos Coaches Show. Jason, first off, let's go back to the bye week. Uh, how'd you spend it and how'd you enjoy it? Um, just spent it relaxing. I got to, to hunt with my daughter uh, one day and got to golf with a buddy on another day. Um, the rest of it was spent with my family. Um, you know, I had uh, some family up from Arizona that I haven't seen for a while and actually had never been in town for a game before. So uh, while I've been coaching and it was great spending time with them. So, you know, just a little bit of relaxation. But obviously, you know, it was back to work midway through the week. Um, felt like we got a, a good work, a, a week of work in watching film and whatnot, but it was absolutely enjoying to, to hunt and, and do a little golfing with something I don't get to enjoy doing very much. I always think that the players need the rest physically, but more than anything, and the coaches, they need a few days to rest mentally, don't they? Because uh, this deep into the season, you guys have been putting in so many hours. Yeah, I mean, mentally and physically. I mean, uh, lack of sleep is a real thing that can affect your performance, and we talk to our players a lot about it, you know, but it, it affects coaches as well. I mean, whenever we're depleted in hours of sleep you don't come up with as good as stuff and you don't think as clearly so it's nice to refresh recharge uh get back to uh feeling good again and and with a clearer mind mind uh going back to work and also just the excitement i mean we basically have groundhog day all over again every single day i mean it's get up at a certain time go to bed at a certain time you know get in the office and leave the office at certain times throughout the entire year we only get a few days off throughout the year so you know, anytime we can enjoy a bye week doing something other than coaching football or watching film, it's always uh, enjoyed. Did you see the refreshed appearance from the players and what you wanted to see for them after a week off uh, through this week of practice? Yeah, I mean, I, I think absolutely. I think our guys were, you know, it uh, looked like they enjoyed being being off, but also enjoyed coming back and, and working hard together. We had a very difficult week of practice. Um, you know, we, we pushed our guys. You know, we, we went to the limit on every day and, you know, we had some emphasis. We emphasized certain certain things we want to be better at. And uh, hopefully we take advantage of those things. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I, I think our guys are, are retra- refreshed, recharged and now rested up, ready to play again. For the first time this week uh, on your day three of practice, Trevor Harris had a helmet on through the football a little bit. Uh, what's the latest update you can give us on his status? Well, that's exactly it. He, he threw finally, and it's been a while since he's done that. Now, you know, we got to evaluate him tomorrow and see how he feels before we can make an attempt on um, whether he'll be ready or not to play for us. Uh, but what was good is he didn't have as much pain throwing, um, you know, and, and he was able to throw which is a good thing. So, you know, however long this lasts, you know, we're just going to take it, like I said, day by day at the beginning of the week, and, you know, we'll evaluate him on, on, on a 24-hour basis. And then it went, once we believe he's good enough to play and, and gives us the best chance to win, we'll, we're gonna, we'll go with him. Got to be an extremely frustrating situation for a quarterback to feel pain when you throw the football. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, nothing quite like that. It's what gives you your... Uh, your ability to feed your family is by your right arm, and uh, it's one thing to see it with your mind and mentally do the work, and you know put the time in and physically feel strong. But when your right arm doesn't quite uh, do what it's meant to do or what it's made to do, it makes life miserable and uh, makes it somewhat impossible to do your job uh, as effective as you need it to be done at a, at a professional level. How late can you go in the week? How close to game time can you take the decision about who's going to start? I mean, you can take it right up to game time. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Our guys get reps. I, I've said it before. Our backups get a lot of reps in practice. 
our guys, you know, take reps behind the quarterback on every snap. We talk through our plays. We watch them together. You know, we talk through the defenses we're going to see. So our guys, I feel like, are always mentally ready to play. It's just a matter of physically being able to go out and do it. When you don't get the reps during the week, it's not really an excuse because, you know, you know, at some point you're always going to be thrown in there and you're going to be expected to make plays. But I think more importantly, it's doing the, the reps mentally and getting those in so that when you do go out, when you go out and you haven't got a lot of reps, you're just, you're on adrenaline and you're, you're, you're physically going to throw the ball a little bit different just because of that. It's just about slowing your game, the game down and your mind down to be able to still think the game through. And that's what I thought what Logan did well. But for a starter who hasn't got the reps who comes in the game, I expect it to be just like that as well. He's gotten, Trevor's gotten a ton of reps in his life uh, and his career up here. He doesn't need a, every rep during the week to be successful. It helps, but it's not necessarily needed every week. With him on the sidelines, Logan Kilger, as you mentioned, uh, took, the, took the starters reps for most of the week. Uh, what did you see from him this week? Not going, not going back to the game, but during the week as it sort of is in his mind that maybe I am going to start this week. How did he perform this week? Yeah, I mean, there's he, he did he did admirable job. I mean, he's um, not perfect, which is not what you expect. But, yeah, I expect him to read things well and learn from his mistakes and uh, don't, don't hold back and just play. And... Uh, we have all the confidence in the world in our guys that are I have confidence in every guy that's not a starter here. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think they're here for a reason, and Logan's here for a reason. We knew this was potentially could happen. I mean, that's why you have guys behind them. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel very confident Logan will do it. And, you know, watching him this week, I, I, I feel very good about that. You know, there's things that we got, obviously got to play to his strengths. Um, but... You know, for the most part, he he runs this offense like we want it to be ran, and it's just going to be time in there, and then how you deal with a little bit of adversity because everyone faces it. It's really just a matter of, you know, um, putting to bed your bad plays and moving on, and then the good plays, you know, getting excited about those, but moving on too, and just running the offense and leading the team like you're meant to do it. Logan Kilger has started games in the CFL. He's got a lot of experience. He's been around the league for a long time. Had a couple of 300-yard games when he was starting a few games for Toronto in 2016, I think it was. What are the strengths of his game? Um, well, I, I think one thing, he's a smooth pocket passer. I mean, I think he's accurate. Um, um, you know, he moves well in the pocket. He's not, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to showcase him as a guy that's going to take off and hurt you with his legs, but he's capable of moving around the pocket and doing good things there. Um, you know, he doesn't hold back when he throws it. That's what you love about him. I mean, when he sees it, he rips it, and, you know, that, he has confidence in his arm, and that's what you need to play the position. So, um, you know, he'll stand in there and throw it, too, in a, in a tight pocket. So, you know, there's a lot of little things like that to like about him. Just need more time seeing him do it uh, in our offense. But uh, ultimately, like I said, we went out and got Logan for a reason uh, in the offseason. I uh, had confidence that he could come in and do the things that we expect him to do now. How difficult is it for the rest of the offense to get used to a guy? I know Logan was saying when he came into the game against Calgary, he was trying to mimic Trevor's cadence and everything and try to just keep everyone as comfortable as possible. Is that a big role for a guy coming in in that situation? Yeah, I mean, that's what they're taught to do. They're taught to mimic a cadence so that the rhythm is the same. Obviously, it's always going to be a little bit different, but ultimately, you know, the rhythm of the cadence is supposed to be the same. So mannerisms are supposed to be the same. If you watch guys that have watched the starter for a long time, Generally, they play like the starter because they've watched him so much. And I think Logan 
emulates a Ricky Ray and he emulates a Trevor Harris really well because that's kind of what he is too, is a pocket passer who's accurate, all those things. But, you know, when you watch Trevor and you watch Ricky and that's the guys he's been around the most, you know, you can you can see that in him. You can see how he methodically goes to things. You watch him prepare in our meetings. It's a lot like Trevor, how he does it. So, you know, he's he's learned from some really good guys, and he's been coached by some really good people that I have a lot of respect for in Scott Milanovic and Marcus Brady. So, you know, you know he knows the game. It's just a matter of really, like I said, getting comfortable in there and, and just letting it flow. Did you spend any time with him in Toronto when you were coaching? Yep, I did. You know, and I was, or I think my last year in 2014, he was there. I believe at the end of the year or whenever it was. But, uh, you know, I liked Logan from the minute we saw him. And, you know, he's, like I said, there's not a lot not to like about him. He throws the ball well. He can move his feet well. You know, he knows the game, understands the game. Um, you know, and he has a good confidence about him. So, you know, it's, it's really, again, like I said, uh, for quarterbacks that are young and haven't had a lot of reps, it's how you deal with things. And, and, and ultimately that's what makes him uh, good quarterbacks or not is the ability to stand in there when things aren't going well and still – throw it and still believe you're, you're going to make a play happen or make things happen. So, you know, ultimately that's what uh, the confidence you hope that he has and we'll hope that we can bring to him, um, you know, by calling plays that he's comfortable with and, and putting him in good situations. So Friday's to be determined still, but this week at practice, Logan Kilgore gets elevated a little bit, which means Jeremiah Briscoe gets elevated a little bit as well. Talk to me about the progress he's made in basically his first year in pro football. Yeah, I mean, he's made tremendous strides since the moment we, he got here. I mean, it's a new game to him, new offense to him, a lot of different things that he did in college. Um, so, you know, being in a huddle, calling plays, um, you know, all those kinds of things are are new to him. Um, but he's obviously been in a passing offense his whole life, and you can tell by the way he throws the ball, the way he reads things, the way he's how comfortable he is in the pocket. Um, and at the beginning of the year, he was dealing with an arm, too, that wasn't quite 100%. And he's done a tremendous job kind of dealing with that and still moving on. And um, But he's made tremendous strides, I believe, through the year. We see it in our fire situations when we put quarterbacks in and um, throughout practice, the reps that he's getting, he's reading the offense, how it's meant to be run, read, and then, you know, throwing to the, the guy that we expect him to throw it to on every play. So, um, you know, the decision-making is there. It's just a matter of, again, more reps. You made a couple of additions to the team this week, both defensive linemen. Let's maybe take them one at a time. Uh, a young guy in, in Matthew Betts, who you drafted in the first round last May, uh, had his tour with the Chicago Bears and then ends up here. Uh, what did you see from him this week? Um, you know, kind of the things we expected to see out of him. He's quick off the ball. Um, got good hands, um, hard worker, you know, those kinds of things that you expect out of him based on the film that you watched. Um, you know, you could see that he's in tune to hustling to the ball, all those things. But, uh, you know, he, he's definitely, I, I believe, coming as advertised. Now, do I think he's just going to be better and better each week? Yes, because it is a new game for him again to, to kind of get acclimated to. He's been doing some different things over the course of the last five months. So, you know, now it's back to a different type of football. So it's going to take some time to readjust. But I believe that adjustment period is going to be pretty fast. And you waited four months for him. You waited almost seven years for Stephen Charles, who was uh, drafted back in 2013. Uh, an older guy, 31 now, but he's got six years of NFL experience uh, behind him as he comes in to join the Eskimos. Uh, give me your thoughts on him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, the best thing about Stefan is that most guys who have played seven years in the NFL wouldn't even bother coming back to this league and doing anything. And he he asked, you know, we, we talked to him for the last couple months, and when he got released from Atlanta, he was willing to come up. And I have a great appreciation for a guy that is willing to do that because is he in the shape that he needs to be in to play the CFL right now? Probably not. I mean, he's NFL is a lot different for, for a big man like him. You know, when you're asked to plug gaps and plug holes and all that, we're asking our D linemen get off the ball and get to the quarterback and play the run and do different things. And it's on a much faster time count and uh, a faster-paced game anyways. So, you know, the, the best part about Stefan is that he's willing participant right now and he's he's working hard and, and all those things. But great guy. And he's coming in very humble and, and doing the work, putting the time in. And ultimately, he'll it'll, be, it'll pay off for him. He'll be better for this, whether it's, at the end of this year or even next year when he comes back hopefully and and decides to want to be here full time because you know I, I really believe that he's got some talent there and ultimately it's going to just be a matter of his adjustment too to our game it looks like we'll see bets on friday yeah we'll see bets no no question about it all right, uh, this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Eskimos and the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, coming up on Friday night. You'll hear the game on uh, Kissing Country, 103.9. Our pregame show begins at 6.30. Kickoff will be at 7.30. More with the coach when we come back. It's the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss, brought to you by Jiffy Lou. More with the coach later on 6.30, Chet. Jason, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are a pretty good football team at 9-3. and three, You face them on Friday night here at the Brickfield, the Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, they're, I believe, full credit for a 9-3 and three record. They've really faced some tough adversity, losing their quarterback this year, and have just kept on going. Yeah, no, they're a great team. They're coached well. They have great uh, players, uh, great schemes. Um, they're a tough out. There's no question about that. And they've, uh, they've obviously won... Won a lot of games, um, done done it coming from behind. They've done it without their starting quarterback, so that tells you what kind of team they do have. Uh, great belief in that 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 the whole group, uh, you know, and and obviously coached extremely well by Orlando in his first year doing it. And I've had a lot of respect having coached with Orlando back in Toronto and played against him. You know what kind of competitor and what kind of professional he is, and obviously with the amount of experience he has on his staff. It's pretty awesome. So, um, like I said, they're a great team, um, playing well. You know, even the the last game they played, it was a one point loss to Calgary at, in Calgary, and they had minus five in turnovers. So, anytime you're minus five and it's a one point game, and you miss a, you get a field goal blocked at the end to go up with 30 seconds left. I mean, that tells you what kind of team they are, but it also tells you that they're beatable. I mean, everybody is in this league. I believe. I believe if you go out and play good football, and uh, you play up to your capabilities every week. You give yourself a chance to win, and ultimately that's what we got to be able to do to this week to be able to give ourselves that chance. Word you can use to describe them, be explosive on offense, on kick return. They lead the league in big plays with 40 of them. Uh, they're a team you can't really nap on at all. No, they're, they do a lot of exotic things on offense. You know, emptying, I think they've emptied the box 45 times or started an empty or moved to it 45 times the last three games with speed guys everywhere. Um, you know, they do a tremendous job in, in changing formations and moving guys around. Um, you know, they've got three or four different receivers they've thrown the ball with, so you always got to be worried, worried about that. They've got one of the fastest guys in our league, one of the toughest receivers to bring down in our league. Um, you know, their quarterback's accurate. He's tough. He's, you know, a lot like their starter was, if you ask me. Um, you know, so 
not to mention, like I said, they got great coaches and schemes to, to do it as well. Defensively, I mean, they've created some great some turnovers, got some returns and touchdowns. They've done that same thing in their their uh, special teams. So they're an all three phase team. And anytime you're you're going against a team like that, you got to play well in all three phases because one phase will. One or two phases isn't good enough to get the win. So, you know, it's a tremendous challenge for our guys. Um, you know, we've had a good week of practice, a good uh, time to reflect on ourselves in the bye week a bit. But ultimately, it, they present a great challenge. What's the key with Brandon Banks uh, to control him? I mean, he's just so much speed. He's so dangerous in so many different ways. You got to take your shot. You got to go out, get after him. I mean, when you're there to make a play on him, you got to hit him. You got to hit him hard and you got to wrap up. And, uh, if you do that a number of times, you know you're going to be better for it going forward because he's not the biggest guy in the world. He is physical. He plays with the physical edge to him, but ultimately, when we get chances to lay wood on him, we got to be able to do that and hit him hard, um, you know, and then cover him and be confident with it. So he'll get his touches, he'll get his plays because he's that good. But ultimately, you got to make life miserable for him going to get that play, and then once he has the ball in his hands, hit him and uh, make life miserable for him with the, with, the, with the ball in his hands. Eskimos and Hamilton Tiger Cats on Friday night. You'll hear the game on Kissing Country 103.9. Our pregame show begins at 6.30. 7.30 uh, is the kickoff. Uh, it is Ricky Ray night as uh, Ricky Ray's name goes up on the Eskimos Wall of Honor. Jason, you know him as good or better than most people do. Uh, it's uh, it's a, a perfect honor for him. It's well-deserved, and uh, it's a night I think a lot of people who know him have been looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, we've since the moment it was told to me that he was going up on that wall, like I've said before, I mean, I don't know if there's another guy more deserving than that honor than him, um, certainly that I played with, um, and that I may be in this league, if you ask me. I mean, he's up there with anybody, having won four great cups. I know he won two here. Uh, you know, just the consistency that he played with and at hit the way he was as a professional, I mean, <laughs> It's second to none. I mean, there's not too many guys that have had the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, and stayed the same, and Ricky has. Um, you know, just knowing him from the moment he got in the building to the moment he left playing, uh, that guy never changed. I mean, he's, he's just a tremendous person, player, uh, representative of the Eskimos organization, of the league in general. Um, you know, he's the type of guy you'd want your your son to emulate if he decided to play football. Uh, very proud of him um, and excited for his family because they obviously went through a lot with his career um, and to, in particular at the end of his career with the way it ended. Um, for him to be honored like this I think is a, is a tremendous thing. Uh, I'm thankful that the Edmonton organization decided to do it so quickly because like I said I don't know that you needed to wait an iota of time to recognize this man because I mean, he did everything right. And, uh, you know, like I said, about as respected as there is a person and a player in our league. Your friendship with him, a lot of people would look at you two and go, you guys are kind of opposite, especially the the, uh, the way you played on the field. You're very emotional, hard on your sleeve. He was very quiet and just went about his business. Uh, tell me about your friendship and how it began. Well, I think the biggest thing about each, about each other, yeah, we're different the way you, we are perceived. But I think the way we work – the time and effort we put into something is the same. Um, the care for the game, the care for each other. I mean, um, I always had his back. I felt like he always had my back. 
Um, I felt felt like we developed a great relationship due to honesty. We were both honest with each other, and what we, you know, it, it started, you know, when he got here to, you know, when I left here and came back. You know, I was all I wanted to do was win, and I know that's all he wanted to do here. And we were going to support one another through that. And the only way you can truly support someone is by being there for them, um, getting to know the guy. And I've, I've always felt that the better, the closer you are as a team, the closer you are as a, a friend, and it becomes more than just a teammate, the better off you're going to be through thick, through thin, uh, good times and bad, and all that. And ultimately, you only do that by wanting to spend time with each other. And I felt like we always made time for one another, you know, whether it was out in the building or outside golfing, um, you know, you know, we, we, we made time for each other. On the road, we, you know, went to dinner all the time together. Um, you know, you just care a lot for him. And uh, I always felt the same back, you know, and the same goes for our families. So, you know, I feel like anytime you can have that friendship with somebody, you, you'll run through a wall for your teammates and um, it's always going to be better. And I think we had a lot of success together because of that, um, that feeling. Uh, it's going to be a special night for sure. Uh, Jason, thanks for your time tonight and uh, good luck to you on Wednesday against the Ticats. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is the Eskimos Coaches Show for this week. Eskimos and Ticats, Friday night, 6.30 for the pregame on Kissing Country 103.9. Thanks to the coach for joining us. My name is Morley Scott. Have a great night, everybody. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.